In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Rejoice, O Jerusalem, and come together, all you who love her. Rejoice with joy, you who have been in sorrow. These first words of the intro to today's Mass are why we call the fourth Sunday of Lent Laetare Sunday. Holy Mother Church reminds us to rejoice. This is why the penances of Lent are temporarily suspended. The organ, silent since the beginning of Lent, resounds once more. Flowers adorn once again the altar. The vestments of Mass are changed from an austere violet to a more joyful rose. Why does the Church rejoice at this moment? We find ourselves ever closer to the moment of the Passion. We are now more than halfway through the season of Lent. Holy Week is only a few weeks away. In that week, we will experience most intimately the mystery of our redemption. We approach the cause of our salvation, the dolorous passion of our Lord upon the cross. As we come closer to the reason why we were saved from our sins, why would we not rejoice? However, the gospel offers another motive for our joy. We have heard today of the miracle of the multiplication of the loaves and the subsequent feeding of the 5,000. Reading the Gospels, you may find that our Lord does not perform every sort of stunt and trick to captivate the crowds into following a new religion. He does not perform miracles on a whim. He chooses well the miracles he performs because there is often a deeper meaning to them. Many times, Jesus has driven out demons an action which affirms that he is the source of all sanctity, before whom the demons take flight. By the humility he demonstrated that when he had to accept the sufferings of the cross, Jesus was victorious over the devil, whose own fault was pride. Elsewhere, we read of many times when Jesus healed the sick. This underscores his role as the divine physician for our souls. He healed physical ailments through his miraculous power in order to illuminate the spiritual healing he performs for our souls. The healing of the paralytic is even more clear. The true ailment of our soul is none other than sin, and Jesus, being God, forgives sins and renders back unto our souls spiritual health. If we go back to the first Sunday of Lent, we find that Jesus was unwilling despite the tempting of the devil, to turn stones into bread to relieve his hunger. However, we find him today willing to turn five loaves of bread and two fish into enough to relieve the hunger of so many people. Why did he change his mind? Certainly, we can say that this shows that our Savior was caring and solicitous even unto our physical well-being. In spite of his divinity, Jesus cared about the physical needs of the common man and was willing to help him out. We see then his mercy and compassion. But there is more to this. After all, he chose to multiply bread when he could have done so many other things. We must look closely at what our Lord did to these loaves and fishes. The evangelist writes, Jesus then took the loaves and when he had given thanks, distributed them to those reclining. Does this sound a little familiar to you? It sounds very much like the Last Supper. In the Gospel according to St. Matthew, we read that Jesus took bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. 
In these two separate events, our Lord took the bread he had given thanks and gave it to those around him. Everything now falls into place. Our Lord healed physical ailments of many in order to show that he could heal spiritual ailments. Here, he miraculously provided physical nourishment to many, and this is to show that he too miraculously provides spiritual nourishment to many. This spiritual nourishment is by means of none other than the Holy Eucharist. Indeed, we can say that Jesus can spiritually feed the multitudes. At every Mass, through the words of consecration pronounced by the priest, our Lord becomes present, body, blood, soul, and a divinity, under the accidents of the bread and wine. Over millennia, through countless Masses, an innumerable amount of people have been able to receive the spiritual nourishment. What is more, the Eucharist is not mere nourishment, but it is life. This is the bread which came down from heaven, said Jesus, not such as the fathers ate and died. He who eats this bread will live forever. Also, he said that he who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. By receiving the Holy Eucharist, we are put in intimate contact with he who is the source of all holiness, he who is holiness itself, goodness itself, beauty itself. In the presence of such things, what other emotion could we feel but joy? Jesus then tells us in the sacrament of the Eucharist to rejoice, letare. Therefore, dear faithful, let us always be joyous when we receive Holy Communion worthily. It is easy to reduce communion to something we do every Sunday or every day if we go to daily Mass. But let us remember that it is a special privilege to receive this supersubstantial bread that we ask God for in the prayer of the Our Father. The 5,000 in the Gospel today must have considered it a great gift to be miraculously fed with bread and fish. For us who receive the body and blood of Christ, is it not an even greater privilege? Let us run with joy then when we receive our Lord, for his presence alone in our souls through the sacrament ought to be reason enough to rejoice. May we make better and more fruitful communions each and every time we approach the communion rail. May we ask God, through the church today in the post-communion prayer, to thus treat with sincere reverence and consume with heartfelt faith his sacrament, which ever fills us to overflowing. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.